Chapter 13. The MFA. The MFA is the place to go if you want to dumpster dive up to your armpits in culture. The place was built at the turn of the century. It had granite walls and columns and a bronze statue of an Indian on a horse out front. If you swapped out the Indian for an SS stormtrooper, you'd have Hitler's Reichstag. Linda and I ended up standing in line for 20 minutes to buy a pair of tickets. I liked the outfit she wore, a black dress and black tights, the artist's uniform since the 1960s. Might have been a cliche, but I was all over it. I asked her, what do you think of going to Chinatown for dinner? I know of this great dim sum place. Love going to Chinatown. The more surly the service, the better. I laughed. Many a Yelp reviewer has commented on the cultural divide between expected service at a real Chinese restaurant in Chinatown and what you get in the suburbs. We bought our tickets and walked towards the entrance hall. I think I was here about 10 years ago. I said, I basically make this a yearly pilgrimage. I flipped open the visitor guide and gave it a once-over. The place is huge. I've had easier times getting out of a corn maze than navigating through that fortress. I orientated the map that came with the guide and showed it to Linda. I said, Okay, we've got art of the ancient world, art of the Americas, Europe, Asia, or contemporary art. Where should we go? Or should we just wing it? Linda spotted a woman holding a green guided tour sign. How about her? Okay, sounds good. We joined a little crowd that was forming around her. I had a couple of favorites I liked to check out every time I went there. Post-impressionists from the turn of the century. I hoped she would be heading in their direction. Welcome everyone to the MFA, the tour guide said. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask me at any time. She walked out into the rotunda and our little gang followed her. We approached a large mural that looked like it was covered with crinkled gold wrapping paper. I thought to myself, it probably took the guy a day to slap that together. Our tour guide recited her well-rehearsed spiel. This is Matthias Goritz. He spent the last 40 years of his life in Mexico, where he developed his theories of emotional architecture. Linda and I glanced at each other with a worried look. It was already getting pretentious. Beyond function, he claimed constructed spaces should also elicit a spiritual response from the bodies that experience them. He designed surfaces like this one as architectural walls, sculpted through a rhythmic performance of driving nails through them repeatedly. I immediately spotted a rip in the canvas. I thought, did he do that or did FedEx screw up the shipping? Should I appreciate the whole as some kind of void or merely sloppy shipping? I couldn't help but stare at that damn hole. Our tour guide continued. The irregular lines or pores in this gold skin might draw us from across the room, inspiring an appreciation that is not only retinal, but sensual. Not only retinal? I wonder if there's any corrective surgery for artistic glaucoma. Linda leaned over to me and whispered, Can we bail? She knew what I was thinking. We slowly backed away and made our escape. Those nail holes were too sensual for me, she said with a laugh. We ended up in a room called the Curiosity Cabinet of Previous Wonders. Inside were all sorts of knickknacks on glass shelves, stuff that would have fetched a decent price even at a 17th century flea market. In the middle of the room was an ornately painted table from the 16th century. No ropes were around it, nothing to signify its importance. Linda leaned in to get a closer look, which set off a sharp beep from the ceiling. I spun around and had to chide her. Hey, you're trying to touch the artwork. No, I wasn't. 
Touching the artwork is a major no-no in the museum world. You can look at it, but don't put your dirty little paws on anything. That's why they had all the invisible sensors monitoring every angle. She said, But why would they leave a table like this in the middle of the room? I could have charged my phone on it. You mean you can't tell the difference between furniture and art? I guess not. We wandered over to the Art of Europe section and ended up in front of Claude Monet's work. He was an impressionistic painter who did most of his stuff at the turn of the century, mostly country landscapes of France. We inspected one called Fisherman's Cottage on the cliffs at Varengeville. I asked her, You know why these paintings look like they're bolted to the wall, right? So no one runs away with them? No, I said with a straight face. Monet's porn. Linda gave me a puzzled look. I said, Because stretching a canvas was expensive and time-consuming back in the day, many artists found it easier to do another painting on the back of something else. Something else? Yeah. Monet's notorious for having an alternative painting of naked women in explicit positions on the back of them. Get out. Yeah. Nobody knew about them until after he died. Linda tried to get a closer look at the edge of the painting, but set off another sharp beep from the ceiling. Gotcha, I said with a laugh. But I wanted to see what naked French contortionists look like. We entered the Art of the Americas section and noticed a huge collection of paintings from Thomas Sully. He's the guy who painted that George Washington portrait that you see on the dollar bill. He also painted portraits of all the bigwigs at the time of the Revolutionary War. One room displayed a work called Passage of the Delaware. It's of George Washington on a horse crossing the Delaware River. The scale of the painting was impressive. It literally covered an entire wall. Linda looked up at the huge painting. Wow, this must have been the jumbotron of the 1800s. Yeah, I've seen billboards smaller than this. I took a couple of steps forward to get an even closer look. I studied a group of people that were in the background of the painting, just below George's horse. They were positioned in the water, crossing the river. And the detail is amazing, I said. Linda backed up to get a better overall view. It must have taken him a while to paint this. I noticed a soldier in the background with his arm up. I said, I think this guy is giving George the finger. Where? She moved in closer to get a better look. I don't know. I think he's pointing at something. He's giving George the finger because George crossed on a horse while he's standing in freezing water. But you can't really tell which finger he's using. She squinted her eyes at the soldier. Did artists put Easter eggs into paintings back then? Easter egg is a term used in computer applications or TV shows. It's a hidden feature that you'd only know about if you searched for it. I moved back into the middle of the room. I said, certainly you wouldn't be able to spot it if you stand back where everyone else is. The next room we entered was filled with some of my favorites, Winslow Homer and Thomas Eakins, American artists from the turn of the century who were considered post-impressionistic painters. I decided to take a moment here and get some inspiration. Before taking a seat on the padded bench, I reflexively waved my arm over it, checking to see if I set off any alarms. Linda spotted me doing this and said, Don't sit on any art. Yeah, I replied as I carefully sat down. I think I'm safe here. I sat there for a moment and scanned the wall of paintings. I like what those guys did. A few minutes later, we went over to the Gallery of Contemporary Art. The first paintings we encountered were by Edward Hopper. He was an American realist painter who did mostly desolate urban landscapes. His most famous painting, Nighthawks, 
depicts a New York diner from the 1940s. The point of view is from the empty city street, looking at a few lonely people seated inside. I found one of his called Drugstore. It looks similar to Nighthawk's. I said, if Hopper were alive today, would he have been painting a CVS store like this? Linda studied the painting for a moment. That certainly would have been a convenient spot to set up your easel if you needed to refill a Percocet prescription. The contemporary art section had a little cafe and wine bar seating area. Instead of being nestled into some cozy spot, it was in a high-ceilinged hallway leading to the gift shop. Linda got a glass of Sauvignon Blanc and a blueberry tart, and I ordered a Sam Adams. Before taking a seat on a green retro-looking chair, Linda waved her hand above it and cracked a smile at me. It's safe, I said. She settled into her chair. Feels good to sit down for a little while. I took a sip of my beer and noticed what appeared to be papier-mâché mannequins suspended over our heads, their arms outstretched in a kind of superhero flying pose. Linda saw me looking up and noticed them too. Are they supposed to represent flying and the freedom of art? I continued to look at them and let a mouthful of beer drain down my throat while I pondered the question. I said, I kind of see them as artists falling to their deaths. Linda laughed. Cheer up, will ya? I said, do you know how hard it is to get your work shown here? She took a sip of her wine and said, It's gotta be tough. You pretty much have to be dead. Linda raised her wine glass in a mock toast. Then here's to dying for your art. We both clinked our glasses and took a sip. We continued talking about what we had seen, but... I was distracted by my own thoughts on what I found attractive about her. I studied the way she moved in my peripheral vision while maintaining strict eye contact. She crossed her legs and adjusted the edge of her dress as she spoke about the finer points of Paul Gauguin. I caught myself zoning out at her lips for a moment while she spoke. I thought, did she notice that? Jesus, I must have the word pervert written all over my face. We finished our drinks and continued our journey. The farther you went into the contemporary art gallery, the more abstract it became. We found a Jackson Pollock, covered in swirls of paint. I asked her, Did you ever see the movie with Ed Harris as Pollock? Yeah, I liked it. It's interesting how he didn't use typical oil paint, but thin enamel paint you would find at a hardware store. Linda thought for a moment. So that's the color of his house, huh? I laughed, then said, Probably... We continued walking past rows of abstract art. My disdain for abstract art runs pretty deep. It didn't help that my legs were starting to get twitchy from all the standing. Linda took a quick glance around. I don't know. I think I could have done most of this stuff. Wait, I said. We haven't hit the primate room yet. Primate room? It's where they hang all the stuff the chimps painted. You gotta look closely at the placard. It'll tell you if a chimp, gorilla, or human painted it. You really can't tell. On the way out, we both hit the bathrooms. As I was waiting for her in the hallway, outside the women's room, I noticed they had a series of prints on display in this out-of-the-way spot. There were nothing fancy, stuff I would frame at the shop. I also noticed that this hallway had a designation, G47.14, Corridor. Linda came out of the women's room. Jeez, they even designed the bathrooms nicely in here. Did you spot any interesting graffiti? What? Like, for a good time, call Pablo? I laughed, then said, I bet that existed somewhere. 
I studied a blank spot on the wall, then said, okay, I've got an idea on how I can get my stuff shown here at the MFA. Who do you know? Nobody. If I could sneak a painting in here, there's a spot for it right there on this wall. I bet no one would notice it for years. I heard about a guy who snuck in his own books into Barnes & Noble. Linda said as she got out of the way of a group of people entering the bathroom. As long as he had a working barcode on it, the store didn't notice. I milked my joke further. I said, I would have to make a folding frame so I could fit it under my coat to get past the guard. But what would you tell people who wanted to see it? Go to the place in the museum where it stinks the most? No, no. It would be much more sophisticated. I pointed to the designation marker. Go to gallery G47.14. Linda laughed. I think I'm all arted out for the night. Let's get our coats. Should we go get some food? Right with you.